0: This episode of The Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S Detox for $20 off any order of $50 or more with BitsBox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and I am so excited because I'm recording live at the Dad 2.0 Summit here in San Antonio, and I've got the first guest of many, Mr. Nick North. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I am so, so swell. It's super great. (laughs) So the cool thing about Nick, there's a lot of cool things, but the coolest thing that I know is that I sat down next to him in the welcome event because I got there late and there was not a seat open and Nick was super kind and said, come sit right here, come come join us. And that made me feel so welcoming that we started talking as, as soon as the session was over and he learned that I was doing a podcast and I learned more about him as a dad and I said, let's record and let's have this up and let's have this up during the summit so people can listen to it and start like, you know, seeing how cool we are. So basically, but yeah. <laughs> it's just an ad, right? It's, that's what's happening. Uh, it's all this. It's a dad 2.0, uh, 2.0, 20 ad uh just for joe and nick <laughs> okay, right this is it <laughs> that's it it's all it is it's uh it's our pitch to doug french to uh, come back next year <laughs> yes we'll uh we'll just <laughs> us and dax it'll be fine yeah the three of us we will be on armchair experts uh yeah yeah this is uh experts is, on experts yeah there it is there it is uh not endorsed by dex shepherd <laughs>
1: In no way, uh, shape, or form. Right, right. Monica can still <laughs> fact check us if she likes.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We won't, we won't be there for that part. So it's, it's, it's okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. If you're good with that, I'm good with that. Dax is fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this is a kind of like dialogue and back and forth that we were having already. So I was like, oh, we got to get on the podcast. I'm so excited. Before we jump to, we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of cool topics about who you are as a dad, your story, your journey, your parenting journey, why you're here at the summit, all that cool stuff. But first, a question I like to ask a lot of parents that come on the show is what do you think makes a good dad?
1: Ooh, a hard hitter. Yes. Uh, Let's I, start with an easy I, softball question. Easy
0: softball. Just
1: smash it out. It'll right. be good. Um, I think that's what makes that uh, what makes a good dad is honestly just being completely emotionally attached to your kids. Okay. I think that everything from that point out, is sort of taken care of, that if you're emotionally attached to your kids, then you're paying attention to both their physical needs and their emotional needs and their like soul needs and their all of it, you know, and if you're just physically attached to your kids, you're missing a good portion of their human experience. It's so
0: true because there are a lot of times where I feel like exhausted or tapped out from the parenting experience, right? And I feel like, well, I'm meeting their needs, right? Like they're fed, they're clothed, they're bathed, they're asleep, like they're I'm checking the boxes, right? But then there are times where I feel I see my son or I see my daughter and, and they're just kind of not wholly there. And I go, what is missing? And I go and I run through the list of things in my head and I go, I wasn't caring for the emotional and, you know, maybe spiritual, the holistic side of parenting. I was doing all the physical stuff. I was meeting the needs, but I wasn't present. Right. And so I feel like a lot of times we forget about the being present aspect because we're so concerned with like, well, let's do the bare, you know, the bare minimum kind of a thing. And in this case, it means just meeting the physical needs. It's like, but there's so much more that goes into that. I remember on the way down here to San Antonio, my, my wife and kids are here with me and uh, my mother-in-law as well. And my daughter was like, you know, like chatting about something in the back. And I started to get frustrated because I'm getting stressed about the conference and speaking and a bunch of different stuff. And I and I realized I'm like, no, this is what she is saying is the most important thing in the world to her right at this moment. And to me, I'm thinking about a million other things, but she doesn't know that she sees me in the driver's seat, not listening to her. So I stopped and I asked her, what was that? And it was, something about something she saw outside the window. Right. And I went, that's so cool. You saw, it was a butterfly. I was like, that's so cool. You saw a butterfly. What color was it? What were its wings like? What was this and that? And she told me in great detail and she felt satisfied, validated and went back to the coloring book she was working on. But had I ignored that, then that would have really cut off the connection between us because yeah, I'm taking care of her, but I'm not engaging with her. I'm not present. I'm not here. My mind, I'm physically present, but my mind is somewhere else and i think it's so easy to lose sight of that being a parent i think i
1: think especially because um it's not the role that is painted for us as dads mm-hmm. as well right if right. you look at like representation in media if you look in representation in the books that you read growing up you we read books about uh you know meet the austins and we read these books about like the sisters taking care of each other and the boys being rascalians right and like the dad off being a doctor and mom being home at the house taking care of everyone and 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 we see, that's what we see that's what's shown for us but we're not seeing dad sitting down and talking about the emotional things we're not right. seeing dad uh, filling those emotional needs. And the truth is, is that like we can't fill them all the time, just like moms can't fill them all the time. Like right. y- there are times when y- we just have to hit the physical needs and like that's that's the best we can do. And, you know, there are times when we fall short and we don't mean to and we have to apologize and like suck it up and show that like that's actually what being a man looks like. Like, you know, right. apologizing to my son is always like I have a nine-year-old son and he... I hung the moon and like he's taking how I look at the world and he's like absorbing it for himself. And I know that like if I snap at him or I'm too sharp at him, it cuts him like deeper than any of the other kids. Right. Because he's learning how to be in the world. And when I apologize for that, it means more than any of the kids as well. Because it, he's seeing like, oh, this is how you show up as, as a man. This is how you're vulnerable. This is how you admit to your mistakes. This is how you create trust with people. Like, this is how you own your stuff, right. you know?
0: It's so crucial because I feel that, specifically with with sons, right? And this is something that I'm even thinking about a lot lately, personally, because it's not something that, so my daughter is four and my son is one and a half. And it's not something I really considered a lot when I had my daughter. You know, I was very, like, focused on making sure that there was an equality aspect to the dynamic in the home. And, you know, I like to cook and clean because I genuinely like doing that. My wife likes using her power tools and physically fixing stuff in the home. That's just that we, we, gender roles are dead, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but truthfully. And so we really focused on showing that like both of us have successful careers. We both like to do different things in the house. Sometimes we cross over, sometimes we don't. And, and we were really working on that. And then when my son was born, I was like, how do I help redefine masculinity? Like, how do I do that? And it's something that I'm still struggling with. And I think it's something that, it, society as a whole is struggling with, right? I, mean, I would absolutely agree. I mean, you see Gillette release an ad where, genuinely, they're just trying to say, "I think we could be better. Maybe, maybe like the bar could be a little higher." And people backlash because they thought that people were coming after men as a whole, and it's like, no, 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 we're we're coming after tropes. We're coming yeah. after the way things have been. Saying like we could be better, and most of you that are upset are already doing the better stuff, but you're not labeling it right because of whatever reason and it's and it's something that I I do think of I'm like I need to show show my son how there is equality across the board but in general what does it mean to be a man in 2019 and 2020 and 2021 whatever and it's it's evolving everything is evolving and so it's it's an interesting conversation and it's interesting being here at the dad summit Mm -hmm. and having this conversation as well but yeah it's yeah, we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into that. Yeah, it's say. so much. It's so much. <laughs> so so talk me through a little bit uh, as you're comfortable. Talk me through your journey becoming a dad and what is that – what did that look like for you? And then also talk – It's me a doozy. That. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to dig in. So buckle up. Yes. I'm, I'm, this is for the listeners. Like I'm already buckled. We're ready okay, to go. Okay, perfect. So
1: <laughs> I, um, I actually started my steps into parenthood not as a dad. Um, I actually, uh, lived the first 30 years of my life, uh, presenting as a woman. Okay. And so I am a trans man. Um, and my, I birthed the first four of my children. So, uh, exciting times. I have experienced all of the parenthood and I think that it allows me to see fatherhood differently because I have been both a stay-at-home mom and a work-from-home dad. I have been a the sole provider in both roles. I have been a fully kept woman right. who, like you know, made dinner at five o'clock and raised the kids, and a work-from-home mom. And I I, I have been a you know a, a go-to work mom and right. a go-to work dad. Like I have done the whole gamut of it. I've I have done the drop-offs and pickups and the. Sleepless nights and I get both sides of it and my wife is just like this is being married to a trans guy is the best thing ever (laughs) because like I understand what it feels like to be a woman and to be a mom and to feel like you've lost your identity completely but then I also get to look at things and go like, you know what, as much as women are like, hey, our house is on fire, which it is, right? <laughs> uh, m- the man's, like men's house is next door and it is falling down and it's like dilapidated and no one has been giving any care to it either. Right. Because we are so set on fo- like forcing men into one box and women into another and their responsibilities and their flaws, uh, that's air quoted. Sure, uh, right, right,
0: that was not able to see exactly that was a very good air quote you know
1: and like all of our problems we're we're focused on those but we're not focused on the fact that like actually we're creating this cycle the both all genders together are creating this cycle um and it's it's you know men have been traditionally in the power of that cycle but having been a woman i can see the places where it was really unfair for me to put a lot of pressure on my ex-husband okay as well gotcha you know
0: yeah so how many kids do you have now
1: so we have 5 okay so uh we're a blended family four of them i birthed one of them my wife birthed gotcha um yeah we are a big we're not even mormon you know, or Catholic, (laughs) right? We're just a bunch of queer heathens (laughs) who just like to have kids. I don't know what to tell you.
0: (laughs) No, that's really cool. So how did, so it's really interesting to me because of the fact that you talk about how, you know, you're, you're able to see the motherhood aspect and the fatherhood aspect as well. Right. And so you have a unique perspective that for me, uh, you know, have been a, uh, and I, and apologies in advance if I get this uh, mm-hmm. very clunky, like yeah. I'm me, I'm always trying to evolve and learn more about myself. Right. And so I'm trying to, so me as a cisgender male, right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, can you help f- explain what I'm trying to say for those that may not know? So what I'm trying to say is I'm a male. I've always presented as male I am always identified as the gender that
1: you were assigned at birth. Thank you. Yeah. So I was assigned female at birth. The doctors were like, this is a baby. It's a girl. Right. And I was a baby. So I couldn't say otherwise. Sure. And so that's what happened. And then as a kid, I knew that I wasn't a girl. I knew that like, wait a second, this doesn't feel right. What's going on? And, you know, I tried to articulate that the best I could. And I remember having a conversation with my grandma and her being like, look, kid, this is just the way it is. Like yeah. there I don't know what to tell you. Like you are what you are. Right. This you're stuck here. Right. Make the best of it. Yeah. You know? And I did until I realized that I was dying inside, you know, and like sure. I wasn't making the best of it. And I had this really, really wonderful life. I had a big house and the nice car and the really great husband. Like my ex-husband is one of my best friends still. He's one of the greatest guys around. I'm so grateful that he's who I chose to have kids with. Um I had all the things that one could want in suburban Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was still wildly unhappy mm. and not in like a, I, you know, want to die sort of way, but in like a, I have everything and I feel empty inside and sure. that's not right. Sure. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Then I fell in love with a woman and was like, Oh, and then the more that I was allowed to show up masculine in my relationship because she's pretty feminine. Sure. Um, the more that like that felt authentic and that I needed to be like, Oh, this is, this is what I've sort of have been looking for my whole life. Right. Um, and then, it was just sort of one of those like oh of course this is the next step it did it didn't i thought it was going to be this really scary thing and it was at the time it was like super scary and telling the kids was the scariest part and how did
0: how did they react to
1: that our kids didn't give a crap (laughs) truthfully (laughs) because because kids don't they don't have stories they don't have a story about what's right or what's wrong right um and like we we hired therapists we had a plan we had a backup plan, we were like so prepared because people are always like, but what about
0: the kids? And I'm like,
1: you're right. right. I forgot about
0: them. I didn't know. I didn't know that they existed. I I wasn't even thinking. (laughs) But like like kids, Mm -hmm. they take your plans and go, I don't really need this. Exactly. Right. Whatever. Cool.
1: And so we did all of that. We like, there was a pizza making party. We got them all around the island and we were like, so you know how mom doesn't really feel like a mom sometimes, like actually turns out that she feels more like a him and that she always has. And sort of had that conversation with them. And like the one kid was, well, can I eat this pepperoni now? (laughs) And the other kid was like, can I, will you grow a beard that you can stroke when you're thinking? And then the big question was, that is a good question. It is a very good question. And I was like, if the good Lord allows me, I'll be honest. I, the good
0: Lord has not allowed me. So the two of us together, we have no beards. Um,
1: but the big question was, why did you wait so long? Mm. And I, I was like, Ooh, ouch from the mouths of babes. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, the truth was that like, I don't think that I had the language. I didn't know that it was a thing that I could be. Right. Um, And then I was like, I was already in, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I didn't, there was no, there were no people like me out there. There were yeah. no representation of, who you could be and be successful. And I looked, if you look at what the trans narrative is, typically when you see trans people on TV, they're being murdered on CSI. Yeah. Or they're prostitutes. Right. And so we don't have a good narrative. It's not like, well, I guess, well, I'd like to become a prostitute, so I'll become a trans person. Right. I, it was really scary to think what would happen to my career and what would happen to my family and would my wife still love me and would my family still love me? And like, for me, I was lucky that all of those things went well. Yeah. Um, and I feel a ton of privilege for, for that, which is why I choose to be as visible and vocal as I am. Because sure. there were no, like I'm, I've i never been harmed. I've had some very strange interactions in bathrooms that people feel like I should or shouldn't be in.
0: Uh, uh, being from Texas, I understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. But
1: it's gone pretty smooth for me, you yeah. know? And the kids didn't, really care they they wanted to know like what they should call me and we said you can call me whatever feels comfortable for you that's if, helpful if you yeah. choose like we we told them like you might notice that mom starts to look more like a man and that people start to refer to him as him and that I'm gonna my my wife said and I'll be referring to him as him and my husband and things like that and he would like you to refer to him as him as well But you can always call him mom. He will always be your parent. He will always be who birthed you. He will always be your mom. And if that feels uncomfortable and you want to try something else out, you can absolutely do that too. And they, uh, like Danger, my 10-year-old referred to me only as father, like in a strange, (laughs) like weird voice.
0: <laughs> was it a Darth Vader voice? Cause that's what it sounds like. It was like.
1: like, it was like Luke. Yeah. It was like a little like, Dar- it was like a Darth Vader Borat voice. I was like, I just you're merging things. Um, and like the other kids, like then it was Mapa for a little while, like half mom, half Papa. Uh, sure. We're Canadian. So we speak Francais. Okay. Or parle Francais. Ah, and our, we oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. Our kids, yeah, extended, um, my knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually speak very much. My, <laughs> right. But my children go to French immersion school. Oh, and so, awesome. cause I was like, Two languages, more
0: money. That's smart. My mother in law teaches French and my wife speaks a tiny bit of it. So we're, we're trying. You're trying. We're trying. But my daughter, we have this book that's French and English and I only read the English part. And my wife tried reading the French part one time. And my daughter went, Stop with this stuff. What is this? What is this? And I don't even know. Now this. she gets it and we're working on it. We're so, working. Yeah. Quick interjection. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, so
1: she they called me papa for a little while. Okay. And honestly, they just, dad just became easier. Yeah. And now. They call me and uh, their other dad, dad, and if they need to differentiate, it's we Daddy Chris or Daddy Nick, and okay. that's just how it rolls. That works for them. Yeah, okay. and before we were, I was uh, Mama and my wife was Mommy. And okay, works just fine that works. too. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I like. Oh, man, that's so that's so fascinating to me, and it's so it's so true with the fact that like kids do not care like they're they will roll with whatever because honestly they're like i love you as a person and this is and this is the most like interesting aspect of the fact is that um kids know that you are a human and they love you for that and that's all they care about and i feel that a lot of times people will dwell on things that don't matter and they try and drive down and and make people into things Mm -hmm. and then try and tell you what you can and cannot do and it's like, yeah, but people are people? We're way more complex than that. More complex and you can't say that this person can can love this man or this woman, but they can't the other way. And it's like, no, but 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 people are people and at the end of the day does it really matter? Right. No.
1: Does it, it affect your life? We The gays no. have not come and ruined marriage yet. Right. Right? It's You're been right. a few years, guys. Yeah, yeah. We haven't taken down the institution. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. It's all you straight folk that are doing that poly stuff. Ooh. That's not us.
0: <laughs> just saying. But, but it was really fascinating. What I was trying to say earlier is you have a unique, and, and I like stumbled over my words, but you have a super unique perspective in that you can see both the parenting aspect from motherhood and fatherhood whereas I'm trying to see motherhood only from the vein of fatherhood Mm -hmm. and I'm making my best guesses and best attempts and I feel like I succeed at times and I fail at times but what I really try and do is use every single interaction as a learning opportunity right and so my wife and I are constantly communicating about how we can parent better how we can interact better how we can uh, I'll give you a perfect example. One of the things that, that we we worked on was I love to do the cooking and cleaning and specifically cleaning when nobody's in the house. And I really like zen out, right? Like that's kind of like a form of meditation for me. I just love to do a cleaning of the house. And I, I love to vacuum. And I didn't I didn't lean into it, right? Because I was told, no, that's, that's the woman's job. And so when I'm trying to take that, I thought, well, if I do more than 50%, then that's not fair to her because that's what she's supposed to you know right and she was like I hate well not hate hate." you thought work.
1: you were taking away her best part you yeah. were like oh I'm gonna take the best part of her life away if I take I more than 50 and of we that had cleaning. a conversation
0: she's like I don't like cleaning but I love like caulking and and you know doing all this repair and I'm like and she felt like she had to include me in that and I'm like oh I do not like any aspect of that because she didn't want to script your masculinity exactly and she thought that she was taking away the best part of me and so we sat down and had a conversation I'm like no, like there's times where I'm gonna need you to clean and there's times you're gonna need me to help you with this project. But at the end of the day, me doing eighty percent of that and you doing eighty yeah. percent of that is what makes us whole. Yeah. And and but it but it took a, it took a while to get there. And and I feel like, you know, sometimes people aren't willing to, to have those conversations or to work through that or just like, you know, a mom who's full time working will still come home and cook and clean because she's like, ah, this is what it is.
1: I just, this and is where I am. It's I just got to. Just her inherited it. beliefs. Right. It is what her mom did or her grandma learned did. Behavior. It's all her learned behaviors. Yep. And they're all, the, and it's all like the spouse's learned behaviors as well. They're right. all these inherited beliefs that we've picked up along the way that they've been passed down. And I think sometimes even like just intergenerationally without even seeing, I think that like there, I, I believe in like, you know, spiritual DNA and weird sure. things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Intergenerational trauma. Right. I'm such a dork. Uh, but, there, but there is been some studies. There's science that yep. says it's yep. true. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying me and science are right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's all. That's all we're saying. The sciences and I have, just <laughs> de- <laughs> the academics and I have decided right, right. it's, we're good. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's part of it. It's, yeah. it's like, undoing all of that and i think the more that we have conversations about it the more that like people like you and i get on weird podcasts and are like let's talk about how we you know split up the housework like my wife sleeps in every morning and i get up with all five kids and take them to school and daycare Yeah. yeah and she's always she's like a little sheepish about it people give her a bunch of crap about it but at after dinner so i get up in the morning i am like a morning person so I get up at five and I work before the kids get up and then I do like the kids stuff and get them to daycare and school and all of that stuff and then I wake her up with tea as I walk out the door she journals does her morning pages and then she starts work and I start work and then I work a little bit later be- because that's what I'm like Ooh, will you go pick the kids up and I can stay and work for like an sure, extra hour yeah, yeah. by myself and quiet <laughs> right um and she sort of handles that, and then I cook dinner. But then after dinner is eaten, I am completely off. Off. I don't okay. have to do any cleanup. I, I do bedtime tuck-ins, but I don't sure. have to do. I'm not the enforcer. I'm not parent A. You know, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's like keeping track of time and getting their – like making sure they're okay. Th- now you got to use the potty. Now you got to yeah. put on
0: jammies. Now you got to do this. I'm Stay parent
1: here. B. She, she's parent A. Sure. Um. And I, she would be totally fine if I was going to sit out and like hang out in my office and pretend to do stuff right Uh, but I would miss bedtime with my kids as well so I'm I'm totally like I'm parent B and then after they're in bed I'm completely off she packs lunches she does middle of the night wake-ups anything after 5 a.m. is me. Oh, sure. Okay. Anything before 5 a.m. is her. Meaning
0: kids get up and they're like, I need exactly. XYZ. Got or okay. I had a nightmare the or I peed back, my bed or, right. or whatever it is. That's all her. Kool-Aid man bursts in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, and,
1: and like people are less scandalized by the fact that she does middle of the night mm-hmm. and kitchen cleanup than mm-hmm. the fact that I do the whole morning routine. Right. But it works for us. And I think that That, like, that working for you and this working for us, and it truly makes us happier, better people. Right. It's like, it's that now we have to talk about it. Because I think that couples have been doing this for decades and centuries. It's just that everyone's been so ashamed of this weird thing that society has decided that we need to be, that we aren't talking
0: about it. And all we have to do is talk about it. Yeah. That's all it takes is for a couple dads to get on this podcast at a summit and just talk about the fact that— people have been doing this for decades centuries it's, it's not yes yeah, centuries yeah it's not that foreign of a concept but it is because people don't talk about it
1: like i when i go pick the kids up or drop them off from school and i'm like there by myself or i go do a field trip day or whatever mm-hmm. like I it is a panty dropper the moms <laughs> that pick up and drop <laughs> offline they are all like hey there and i'm like hi i'm super happily married right, right, <laughs> uh, right um but I yes i will talk to your husband about what where he is right now he should be here more often uh-huh okay right, right. yeah this is awkward <laughs> like and the thing is is yeah. that i as much as it's like guys fault for not showing up it also i think is wives fault for when they do show up not i think that wives so often like oh you showed up and they make them the the brunt of the joke or yes. they may, they don't do it right or well, if you were here more often then you right. would know. It's
0: one of two things. It's either like, oh, thanks for finally doing something mm-hmm. or it's like, let's lay palm fronds down so you can walk over it because, and the heavens have opened up yep. and anointed you because you showed up once. Or you just
1: didn't do it well enough because you didn't do it her way.
0: Right. it's It's like, instead of it just being like, cool, Dave showed up today, mm-hmm. as opposed to Christina. Like, oh, Dave and Christina. Yeah. But, you know, like, Dave showed up. It's like, it's like, oh, Dave showed up. Or like, oh, there goes Dave, screwing it up. Exactly. Like, it's like, so then the guy either feels like all he has to do is show up once every quarter, and, and he's, he's good. And he's good. Or I better not show up at all, because the moment I do, then they're just going to bite my head off for doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So instead of, yeah, and so it's like one or the other, and you need to have a baseline for... No, it's it's okay. This happens all the time. It's not that big of a deal. And guys I think need to step
1: up and say when when like there's so many new dads that I know that's their first baby and they're like, I don't know what to do with the baby. Guess what? She doesn't know what to do with the baby either. She yeah. is less qualified than like
0: than Yeah the the dad next to you that has a baby right even but so, we think that they're like programmed with mm-hmm. this knowledge of like oh here's the how to care for a baby guidebook yeah Boom.
1: guess what when I brought my baby home I knew nothing more than my husband did and he would be like what do we do and I'd be like well, I don't know right, like right, right. Why, why are you looking at me <laughs> right I don't understand this right. this is not my skill well, set you had the baby and uh... I was like well, that does not make me uniquely <laughs> right. qualified to do anything with right. it I just have parts right like if I gave you a carburetor, would you know how to fix it? No,
0: no, I'd have to look it up. Be like, all right, well, then here we
1: go. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, that men have to push back. And like when I, I think so often uh, this thing happens where like women have the baby and they're so uh, attached to the baby and in love with the baby that like, that's their baby. And Mm -hmm. it, but it also is their partner's baby. And I think what happens so often is that like men get told like, go, just go over there. Your job is just to provide for this baby. This is the mother's time. Right. And men have to push back and be like, could I would like, really love to feed this baby also? What could, how could I bond with the baby that like, right. Can you help me? I don't want to take anything away from you, but could
0: you help me have something special as well? Right. Um, and that was one of the things that when I first started this podcast, I started because I had, I noticed with myself and with coworkers that there are people who are new dads who want to be involved, and one of two things was happening. That was happening where they were told, just go into the corner, just when you're summoned, help. And they either would push back and go, no, I want to be equally caring for this baby. I'm going to figure out what to do, even if you don't know what to do. We're going to figure this out together. Or more likely, what would happen? They'd be like, "Mm, okay, well, then I'll just defer to you and, and not do anything. And then they would get disappointed and feel like they don't have a connection with the child because they've been told... You're not supposed to have a connection when it's like n- n- no, and then it
1: just grows bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and then i uh I think that like the biggest thing I can say to men is like honestly, there is nothing that is stopping you from having the exact same relationship with your kids that your your the birth parent has with them, right because adopted parents do it left, right, and center all the time, yeah. Queer Absolutely. parents are doing it left, right, and center all the time. And so there is literally nothing stopping you except for yourself. Right. And don't you want to have that same quality of emotional connection with your kid? Don't you want your kid to come to you with the same amount of things that they would go to their their mom about, um, their birth parents about, right. whatever that happens to be? Or the primary parent, if it's not a birth parent, there's right. lots of different families, lots of different configurations, you know? But yeah. like,
0: stop selling yourself short right. stop selling your kids short that is good and that's a perfect point to wrap it up and so nick thank you so much we're gonna pivot to uh my favorite part of the episode and the listener's less favorite part but it's fine i can't hear their groan so we're it's good. fine it's the dad joke of the week uh, or dad jokes of the episode, so I it is a segment where I will throw dad jokes to the guest and force them to laugh uh, while the audience groans. Okay. So, but before I, was, I, I get started- I thought you were going to make
1: me tell a dad joke. Before I, I get started, me,
0: I, I put the guests on the spot and ask them if they have a dad joke they would like to share. If not, it's perfectly fine. I always have a backlog. Ooh. I'm not a good dad joker. Okay, that's fine. You will learn. You will I'm- learn. I, I think there's a, a speaker on uh, dad jokes, but I could be wrong. I hope so. I think there, I actually, I was looking at the program schedule a second ago. I think I'm going to really get is. on that because right. I'm
1: not good at it. This is the problem. When you transition, you have to learn social <laughs> culture constructs all over again. Fair, fair. Things fair, I work on, fair. not crossing my legs as often, right. as intensely, uh, not apologizing accidentally right. before needing to. I should take these notes down. Yeah. Because uh-huh. This is something I know yeah, me. It's no one teaches that. <laughs> yeah. Dad jokes, uh, no one taught
0: that. All right. So uh, here's one. Uh, what ship did Dracula come to England in? A blood vessel. <laughs> that is good. But I'm ch- all right. Last one. Well, no, no. I got I got two more. I'll do one more. Um, hey, I, I want to tell you something about investing. Uh, you shouldn't invest in Velcro. It's a real ripoff. <laughs> See? All right, all right.
1: You can real get all stuck right. on that right. one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's my dad
1: joke back. <laughs> I, can, I can volley That's it back. I just good. can't That's come good. with That's nothing.
0: Good. All right. My last one is my favorite. I know the listeners have heard it a couple times. But uh, so why did the Dairy Queen get pregnant? Because the Burger King forgot to wrap his Whopper. <laughs> That is a good one. My uh, kid's pediatrician taught it to me, so shout out to him. Shout out to that. (laughs) Good job, doctor. Anyways. All right. So, Nick, if people want to follow you and see what you are up to, what is the best way for them to do that? My
1: very favorite place is uh, is Instagram, at Epic Danger. It is an Epic Danger. It's true. It's my... uh, my two first birth children, I those are their middle names. Oh, awesome. All of my children have badass
0: middle names because I didn't want to give them boring ones. My son's middle name is Rain, R-A-I-N-E, mm. which means royalty. Yes, so, I dig it. I, uh, I was a big early Lady at Peace fan. <sighs> Rain Maida? Was... Yes. He's like, Canadian. Yes, I, I, I married
1: a Chantal Kriveliasik. This is true. Where this is true. <laughs> our music bond is for real.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I knew it was somewhere out there. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna end on that note, but we need a so hashtag clumsy. we need a hashtag for the episode. So we're already gonna put hashtag dad 2 summit on here, obviously. But for the episode, should we go with hashtag learn behavior? Sure. All right. So listeners, I'm going to have more great dad to summit episodes for you. Not sure when they're going to release. They're going to release kind of sporadically. We'll have another couple great episodes for you Monday. I've got some great guests lined up in general. But until next episode, definitely while you're here at the summit or listening to the summit or engaging with the summit, hashtag dad to summit. But for this episode, hashtag learn behavior. And until next time, hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers Ben Lawan and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's v-o-k-a-l now.com.